In this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast, we'll be talking about recruiting. We'll break down the losses, the gains, and the comebacks. We'll also be talking about bowl preparation for BYU's football team and give you our latest take on BYU's success against Utah State in an in-state rival basketball game. And thanks to our sponsor, uh, Mr. Mac, this and much more on this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon along with Jay Drew, a beat writer for BYU, and we're going to be talking about BYU football and uh, and about recruiting in this edition of uh, this podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mr. Mack. We appreciate his sponsorship. Jay, this is a big week uh, for BYU, as, as it is for a lot of uh, college football teams when they, they have their early signing date. A lot, t- lot of teams are building up to this date. Um, there's been um, a few really good talented guys that BYU's missed on uh, but also Utah missed on him another uh, player that BYU was was really interested in a legacy kid that is going to Utah does this cast kind of a pallor over BYU's recruiting class or is it just the normal kind of a class that we've seen out of the, the Cougars the last few years it's a little bit of a pallor I think uh, you're talking about Andrew Gentry the big offensive lineman four-star guy out of uh, Colorado Columbine High he chose Virginia on uh, Saturday obviously Bronco Mendenhall is Virginia's coach, as everyone knows. So I say, yeah, it, it's a. I I tweeted out that it's a big blow to the Cougar uh, recruiting efforts. Uh, some people got on me and said I was being a little over dramatic. But uh, this is a legacy kid. His father played at BYU. His brother is here now. His brother J T Gentry. And uh, I was told a year ago that he almost committed to BYU. They had him on campus. Uh, he almost committed. They thought. He's, you know, he's a BYU kid, and and to have this happen is, is, you know, I don't know how you want to paint it. I, I think it's a tough blow for him. Well, they do need to get the LDS talent, and uh, you know the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of kids that have chosen over the past few years to not only not go to U- Utah up the up the freeway, the Pac-12, but they've chose to go to other schools, and uh, and that seems to be the norm now. Is that a lot of schools, and now Virginia has entered that. We've had Oregon, we've had USC, we've had LSU, we've had Alabama, uh, Washington, Oregon, all come in and start taking players. Last last year it was at Orem High. Uh, uh, Nakua, uh, the, the, yeah. the talented receiver out of there, they chose to go to Oregon. You've got the Ika, um, the Sakia Ika that went to, uh, I think, LSU. LSU. And, uh, you go down the list, there's Noel, Noah Sewell, who is a great offense, maybe the player of the year in, uh, in the state of Utah, and he's chosen to go to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not unusual for this to happen in this trend. But if it continues to happen, could BYU ever really peek in at a top 40 class anymore if they're, if they're losing these kind of players on a regular basis? I don't think they can. I just uh, they're they're going they're probably never going to get a four or five star guy who is not LDS. They're just that's just probably not ever going to happen. So if they're ever going to boost their ratings, they've got to get some of these uh, top flight kids, and they just really haven't lately. A couple of three star guys they've been able to snare, and they've beat Utah and other schools for those guys, but. Uh, I think we had it in the paper yesterday in the Deseret News, a list of BYU's rankings over the past 10 years. Uh, and not since 2010, when they got Jake Heaps and Ross Oppo and Zach Stout and, and others, have they been in the top 50. And and that's a pretty troubling trend when you're trying to play top 50 teams year in and year out, five or six power five teams a year. When you don't have power five talent 
then that's a struggle. You know, I, I think when we look at those lists, though, it, you can't you can't really compare. It's like apples to oranges because BYU's honor code, the higher emission standards, a lot of other things are really barriers to going after kids and having uh, to creep up on those recruiting lists because you're not you're you're actually limiting your universe by about. I would say 80%, maybe 90% about who you can go after, who you can sign, who you can talk to. And, and unless BYU loosens up some of those things, they're actually throwing up barriers you know, for themselves. And I'm not talking about the coaching staff, but the university and the, and the way that they're operating the school. And you look at Liberty. Liberty seems to have been thrown down the gauntlet to let anybody. And their basketball team is ranked in the top 25. Their football team is just building a million-dollar facilities. It's like they're saying, we want to do everything that we can to recruit top talent. BYU seems to be saying, well, we'll let you come, but this or but that or this, and the administration and the different departments are, are actually almost working against the football program. It's not, it's, not a, uh, it's not a comparable thing to even Utah, I don't think. Yeah, we haven't seen from BYU's administration where they're willing to let the, the tail wag the dog. And I think, uh, you know, no offense to Liberty, but it's starting to look like Liberty is going to let athletics, which in this case is the tail, wag the dog. And I don't think BYU will ever do that. You've, you've been around longer than I have, Dick, and you know the administration better and the uh, governance of BYU, which is the Board of Trustees. I just haven't ever seen anything from them that would let, lend itself to believe that they want BYU to be a top 25 program in football and basketball. Yeah, they been, just don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, and there's <laughs> been some critics. I mean, we've seen them, uh, some former players that have come out and said, well, then you're being you're being kind of disingenuous. You're being kind of a fraud. You're taking all this money from boosters and all this uh, tickets, height, heightened uh, ticket prices, and asking people to come and support, but you're not giving the tools to do that. So, you know, there's, there's some criticism out there publicly that we've both uh, learned. Tis the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Mr. Mac has the right suit for any occasion, including their designer collection. Suits by Calvin Klein, Michael Kors, Talia, and more. Styles from traditional, modern, or slim fit. Great-looking new suits have just arrived in an assortment of all colors and styles. Buy one designer suit and get an additional suit for just 100 bucks or a free sport coat. Mr. Mac offers fast, free alterations at all nine Mr. Mac stores. Last week, or this this week, we, we, we saw... Um a couple of real good, inspiring stories. This Chris Jackson, receiver uh, from a JC down in uh, Southern California. Uh, Brandon Gurney um, is not here with us, but we'd like to credit him for coming up with this story and this feature on this kid who was, actually was in the streets uh, a couple of uh, months during his life of his junior and senior year, and he, he's committed to the Cougars. Uh, Ace Kafusi is another one. They just had a commitment from uh, Ty Burke uh, from Syracuse. There are some good stories that are happening for BYU and with some pretty good athletes. Yeah, this class is not awful. I don't want to mention that, or I don't want to say that. They've got Zach Wilson's little brother, Josh Wilson, a linebacker who's a good player out of Corner Canyon. Um, they've got some other, you know, really fine talent. They got a quarterback, a dual threat quarterback out of Washington, D.C., who grew up playing at Kahuku in Hawaii. Sol J. Maeva is his name. So they do have some talent coming in. I don't want to oversell uh, or undersell that. And the other thing to remember is the signing period begins Wednesday, and it's only a three-day period. It uh, goes Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And from listening to what Kalani Sataki has said the last two times we've asked him about it, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these guys that are committed don't sign or aren't announced this week. I think they're going to use most of their publicity efforts on returning missionaries and also on JUCO 
called mid, mid-year transfers or mid-year signees. So just a warning out there to, to people that it, when, you, when you look at the list that comes out Wednesday, don't be shocked if it's a really small list and if it doesn't have a lot of these kids on it that have committed. Well, that's become kind of a part of what they do during these signing days is to throw a bone to these kids coming back. And, and quite frankly, uh, Jay, there are some very good, talented players coming off the missions. you got Tyler Batty. Uh, he's, he's from Payson. He's a three-star defensive lineman. Uh, you have Seth Willis, who is uh, from Sandy Hook. He's an offensive lineman, Sandy Hook, uh, uh, Connecticut, a big kid. Uh, uh, Ryan Rico, he's a kicker and a punter from Washington, and they they may need to look at that kid. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan is coming off his mission. You have uh, uh, this Lewis kid who's a linebacker from Lone Peak High School. He'll probably be announced. You've got uh, this Donovan... Um, Donovan Hanna from, Don- uh, yeah, Max Hall coached him down in Arizona. And I talked to Ben Cahoon, who recruited him before the mission, and he said that they really liked the way this kid moved, his speed, his size, his hands. And if Max Hall is referring him and likes him a lot, Max Hall threw to the best tight end that BYU's probably ever had at Dennis Pitta. And so he knows tight end talent. But, yeah, he, he's been off his mission since September. He'll, he'll be announced in this group. The Henshaw, he's a legacy kid, is a tight end, has been on a mission from the San Francisco area. More pork, more pork. Uh, Tanner Baker, uh, he's a defensive end out of uh, Georgia. Not, oh, okay. The, the kid's out of Georgia. He's a defensive end. Uh, Connor Pay, who was a big uh, recruit back in the day out of Lone Peak High School, an offensive lineman. You remember a talk about Connor Pay. He, he, was, he was up there in some lists mm-hmm. at the time. But these guys go away for two years. They're almost forgotten, but uh, they'll take a little bit of time to get back in the, in, the, in the flow of things. But this will be the core of BYU signing date, as you mentioned, Jay. Yeah, and we should also mention that they're, they're in the running for a couple other uh, players that are, are going to be real close to whether they go to BYU or Utah or somewhere else uh, on Wednesday. So there is a little bit of drama as well that would take this class from a, a pretty average class maybe to to a, a good class you know maybe closer to to top 50 than uh, where they are right now which is ranked around 70 by uh, most recruiting services. Another thing that didn't show up in uh, last year's December or February signing date is uh, the signing of Taysan William and Emmanuel Asuka. Those those guys didn't come on board until the spring. You know, I think it was probably in April or May. So there's always the possibility, Jay, with the senior transfer rule that you're going to pick up a player here or there. Speaking to A.J. Stewart and some other coaches uh, last week, they said that that certainly is a possibility that they'll look at that. I, I ran across one article, Jay, get your comment on it. Stanford is losing one-fourth of its starters that started on the opening day in September for their football program or going into the transfer uh, portal. One-fourth of their starting lineup of 22 players, it could be more than that um, in the next couple of weeks. And BYU is probably going to lose a a few players like they did last year uh, to the transfer portal. This is part of college football now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kalani Sataki has already said, you know, if a guy wants to go, I want him to go. I'm going to release whoever. And obviously they lost Riley Burt to Utah State. He really didn't have an impact there. But BYU probably could have used them with uh, with the running back situation they have. But that's just the way it goes. Uh, BYU benefited, obviously, with, with having Tyson. Uh, they probably don't beat USC and uh, Tennessee without Tyson Williams. So even though, and they probably beat a couple teams that they lost to if they had him. So those guys are really impactful and can have a big impact. Emmanuel Asupa had a had turf toe and wasn't able to play the last half of the season, which was kind of a shame. But yeah, I, I like you. I was speaking to a couple of coaches the other day, and uh, Jeff Grimes said, "Yes, we need receiving help. We need a probably a fifth year transfer receiver." 
maybe talk a guy into coming here, say you, you only have to be here for, you know, one year. Uh, if you can kind of live the honor code just for that one year and you can, uh, you know, be, we can tell you you're going to play a lot. You're going to get the ball a lot. you got a really good quarterback uh, that can deliver you the ball. Maybe that can be their sales pitch. But the, but he literally said, yes, we need that. We're probably going to need some receiving help. BYU is building that the tight end core. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have guys coming off injuries and off missions like Donovan Hanna and some others. But Matt Bushman, he's got a decision to make. You did an article, I believe, uh, on Matt's situation. What can you update us with on your thinking there? Matt's been doing a lot of homework. He's obviously his uncle is Chad, or not his uncle, his father-in-law is Chad Lewis. He's got, he's been talking to a lot of people. He's doing his due diligence. He doesn't want to make any lean anyway or make any sort of decision till after the bowl game. He doesn't want it to be a distraction. He wants to play in the bowl game. My gut feeling, and this is just me talking, is that he's, he's going to leave. I don't know if, you know, that's just the the vibe I get from talking to kind of scouts and some reading some things about him, but we'll see. But yeah, that'll uh, that'll be tough. He's a good he's a great player. He's one of the probably top 5 players on the team this year and uh and they could use him next year for sure. Well, they certainly could in the in the bowl, bowl game. Bowl prep is on. The the team is up to its ankles, up to its hips and getting ready to take that trip to Hawaii. They'll be leaving uh I think this this coming weekend to get ready for that game. I think game. they're leaving Thursday. Thursday yeah. this Thursday. So yeah. it's coming right upon us, but uh what's your take on their bowl preparation so far, Jay? Yeah, I, I like it. I think uh, there was some, you know, you remember with Bronco Mendenhall, their fans were always worried that they weren't using up all their 15 allotted practices or whatever. But for sure, be what they are under Kalani Sataki. He's made it known to the players that, hey, we're not going over there. We're not just developing players. We're just not looking to next year. We want to win this football game. And I, I think that's the proper message. And I think the every player I've talked to has reiterated that. So I, I think uh, that's the goal. We'll see if they can pull it off. Well, I know last year that they, you know, the last time they went to Hawaii was a regular season game, uh, the one that they didn't go to a bowl game. Uh, it was uh, in 2017, that four-win season. And when they got over there, they had a lot of guys that were goofing off, and it, it really ticked off Kalani. And when they he got back, he laid down the law the Monday after that bowl game, and a lot of things in the culture changed. He's not as trusting as he used to be. He's not as lenient as he used to be. He still is a player's coach, but I think that he's put the grindstone to the blade this, uh, this coming week after that loss to San Diego State. Yeah, for sure. And that was a that was a troubling loss. That was a loss that uh, if they had won that game and the momentum, they would have been on a six-game winning streak. So I think everybody's eager in the program to get that bad taste out of their mouth and, and get the offense especially back on track and see what they can do over in the islands. Tis the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Mr. Mac has the right suit for any occasion, including their designer collection. Suits by Calvin Klein, Michael Kors, Talia, and more. Styles from traditional, modern, or slim fit. Great-looking new suits have just arrived in an assortment of all colors and styles. Buy one designer suit and get an additional suit for just 100 bucks or a free sport coat. Mr. Mac offers fast, free alterations at all nine Mr. Mac stores. Jay, we've watched the BYU basketball team uh, all of a sudden climb right into a bracket uh, situation over the past month. They've, they've played hard. They've had big wins. They've gone on the road. They beat Houston. Uh, they went over to Hawaii, had a couple of big wins over there. We saw them face a real talented and formerly ranked Utah State team and hand them a, a, a real painful defeat for the Aggies, but a great, great win for BYU basketball. Yeah, I've been impressed by this team. Uh, there have been a couple games where they failed to finish 
the Utah game. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other one. That, uh, Boise, Boise State. State in and, overtime. Uh-huh. Yeah, and even San Diego State. So they've lost two overtime games. They lost on their home floor to a San Diego State team that's still unbeaten. And then obviously they lost to Kansas, which was is number two in the nation right now, undefeated. So I've been impressed. I think uh, Mark uh, Pope and his staff has instilled some toughness in these guys. And uh, and they've been able to finish. That, that win over Utah State is going to be really big, I think, come March. Because I, I really think Utah State is going to have a great year. You know, and they needed those games because when they get into the West Coast Conference play, you've got uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. You've got four games against those teams, which are going to be the upper tier uh, type of a games that really help you to get in the NCAA tournament. If you can split with them or sweep them or, or, or do something like that, that would be huge. The other teams are probably going to drag down your rating, um, your, your, your uh, what do you call it, the, the, either the Sagans or the RPI or the net. There's a bunch the of net, them now. All of those. The main one is the net. They'll they be impacted it. by that. Uh, and so this, these, these are important wins. The Utah State game was important. This team is starting to shoot three-pointers in a regular way that uh, they have not done in a long, long time. Last year, I think they were ranked uh, somewhere in the 250th in uh, uh, three-point field goals made and percentages. And now they're, I think, in the top uh, top five, if not 15, in, the, in those categories. And that's huge. Yeah, and that and that's the name of the game when you're uh, when you're the size that they have, which isn't you know they're missing Gavin Baxter and they just got Yoli back, so they're going to have to make three pointers. They're going to have to take a lot of them and make them, and uh, and then they're going to have to rebound out of their area and do some things to compensate for their lack of size. And and they've done that. And you know you got to give hats off to uh, the coaching staff. And uh, if you had told me they'd be whatever they are right now, nine and four, and without Yoli for nine games and all that, I I would wouldn't have believed you. So I think everything's pointing in the right direction. One real surprising thing, uh, Sam... Merrill? Sam Merrill is a great player. He's an elite player. He's a very good guard, maybe the scoring leader for Utah State, career scoring leader. In that game, I think that he was only limited to three or four field goals and some horrible shooting. Uh, he was injured. you gotta, you got to give that. He, he wasn't probably 100%, but this team is playing defense and, and probably playing defense to the extent that we haven't seen in probably at least four or five years out of a BYU team. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know what that is, if it's just this new coaching staff is better at coaching defense or if the players have bought in or, uh, or what, but yeah, that's that's really noticeable. I last year I still remember Weber State. They obviously they host Weber State coming this Saturday. Last year up in Ogden, Weber State scored over a hundred points on them. Weber State, and I just thought that might be the worst defensive showing I've ever seen from a BYU team in any sport. It was kind of a signal of the whole season, the way right. that they played. And uh, you know, Weber State's coming in now Saturday, and and you know, all I got to say is times have changed. They have changed, Jay. Uh, your final word in this podcast will be just uh, excited about the bowl game. I'm heading out there, uh, you know, to, to see the game for the Desert News and report on it. And uh, it'll just be I'm really interesting to see how how the Cougars fare if they uh, solve their problems that they had against San Diego State and if they can head into the off season on a high note. My final word again. Uh, my condolences to Jay uh, on the passing of his mother. Her funeral is going to be Tuesday um, up in uh, West Jordan, South, South Jordan. Jordan. Yep. And so uh, best of luck to you and your family as you put that together and go through that day because it is a, a very taxing day right before you get on the plane to leave when there's probably a lot of things up in the air for you and, uh, and your family and things that need to be taken care of. And I, uh, my heart goes out to you, Jay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us in this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. We appreciate you being uh, with us. And please uh, go and find this podcast wherever you can find it, Stitcher or wherever. Download it. You won't be disappointed. And uh, for Jay, I'm Dick Harmon. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.